More than at any time in history, the business banking landscape is changing, and keeping up with those changes, challenges, and trends can be a daunting task. Enter the BAI Banking Outlook Report on business banking, and here to break it down for us, we have BAI's own Jason Mencius and Mark Riddle. Welcome to BAI Banking Strategies, where each week we'll focus on the key issues facing financial services leaders. We'll bring you objective opinions and actionable insights that will help you power smart decisions. I'm your host, Lou Carloso, the managing editor at BAI. Come on in. Thanks for tuning into the podcast. Fantastic to have you here with us. Especially fantastic because it's our one hundredth podcast yes 100 let's hear it (laughs) and we could not have done it without you you've been a fantastic listening audience to us very supportive of what we've done here and we hope that you can make it with us to another hundred episodes and who knows maybe more we're going to do our best to win your continued loyalty and share actionable insights with you and speaking of which We've got some terrific information coming your way from two of BAI's finest, Jason Mencius and Mark Riddle. Jason is the manager of research at BAI. He joined BAI in 2012 and has more than 15 years of financial services experience in the areas of benchmarking, retail banking, marketing, and product management. Mark Riddle is the director of research and content delivery at BAI. Mark is an industry veteran who brings a wealth of expertise to BAI clients. He delivers industry insights and BAI benchmarking program updates to keep our clients informed on critical industry information. Jason, Mark, welcome to the podcast. Thanks a lot, Lou. Thanks, Lou. Okay, Mark, we'll start with you. Tell us a little bit about the BAI Banking Outlook Research Program. BAI conducts quarterly research to help financial service leaders understand topical challenges and opportunities the industry faces. Our goal is to obtain a 360-degree view of the topics. We do this by analyzing the voice of the customer as well as the voice of financial organizations. We also have what I call qualitative, which is the survey results that we'll talk about. And we have quantitative too, which is our benchmarking. So not only do we have a voice of the customer from the customer and banker point of view, but also from a benchmarking results point of view. Today, we'll share some insights from research we conducted on business banking as part of our quarterly BAI Banking Outlook program. We have also conducted in the past topics such as marketing, customer acquisition, retention and cross-sell, talent management, and 2019 trends. Later this year, we'll look at some additional topics. The one coming up next is culture and conduct, and we're also taking a look at digital banking. Yeah, based on feedback we received from our research customers when we're out there on the road delivering some of our benchmarking programs, we know that business banking and understanding the buying patterns of business owners continues to be a hot topic in the industry. Absolutely. As we meet with customers, we consistently receive questions about declining deposits, who's winning on loans, whether business owners spread their business around to multiple financial services providers or keep their business consolidated at one provider. We address these and other questions by surveying business owners with annual sales under $20 million so that we can provide actionable insights for industry leaders. So what were some big surprises from the business owner survey results? We found it surprising that Net Promoter Score, or NPS, 
for business banking clients is so low when it comes to their main providers. NPS is a key performance indicator for financial services as well as other industries. And the business banking score was even lower than what we found for consumer banking, which was already significantly lower than scores we'd seen in other industries outside of banking, such as retail, brokerages, online shopping, and specialty stores. We just had Colin Walsh on the podcast from Vero Money, and they have a net promoter score that is through the roof, but that seems to be the exception. Jason, why are net promoter scores so low for business customers? Well, Lou, financial services providers really need to do a better job of combining both personal and business relationships so they can understand the total relationship of the business owners, not from just the business side, but also their personal relationships with the banks. Because we find that a lot of business owners do carry their personal relationships with the same institution that they carry their business relationships with. The greater transparency will lead to much better customer experience. Additionally, business owners are frustrated with those data silos that we just talked about that exist within their financial institutions and the fact that providers aren't doing more with the data that they already have from their business and personal relationships. Similar to consumers on the consumer banking side, business banking customers are extremely frustrated with the omni-channel experiences. We heard that over and over again through the survey results that the omni-channel experiences are not as smooth as they'd like it to be. They feel like they have to start over each time that they switch channels within their banks. So as financial services organizations try to attract new business customers, what are some of the key drivers? Yeah, in our research, we provided business owners with a list of 10 reasons for selecting a new main provider and said, pick your top three and lowest fees, best rates, and understand my business needs rounded out the top three. In previous BAI Banking Outlook research, we asked consumers to identify their top reasons for choosing a main provider, and actually the results were very similar. When it comes to reasons a business owner will choose a financial services provider, lowest fees is highest across all sizes of businesses. In order to get the 360-degree view, we also asked bankers the same question for their perspective as to the top reasons a business customer would choose their bank. Interestingly, business bankers listed lowest fees as the lowest priority. This is a big disconnect and illustrates the need for bankers to understand their business customers' priorities and needs better if they want to retain and win their business. Yeah, I think one of the issues that financial institutions face is if you don't provide good service in understanding their business or have a positive reputation, then what's going to move higher on the list is going to be things that are going to cost you a lot more money, like fees and rates. And We believe since financial service organizations aren't differentiating today on understanding their business owner's business, then they're really competing on rate and fees and that that would be less important. And one of the nice things that we saw is the bigger the business, the less sensitive they were to rates. So, for example, that didn't even make the top four and larger businesses are more profitable due to the higher balances they have with financial institutions and also the fact that they're less rate sensitive, although it's no small task to say that you understand their business. Now, moving back to those business owners, what did you learn about their shopping and account opening behaviors? 
Most businesses actually begin their checking account search, which is the account that's most often open and most often searched for, by visiting the website of their current financial service organization. This shows the importance of your website design. It's also critical that your business consumers are able to find the right checking account information easily when searching your website. Your digital marketing strategy must be consistently evolving in order to acquire and retain business customers. Social media is also very important in the marketing mix, since most business owners behave more like consumers than larger commercial businesses. The great news for financial services organizations of all sizes is that digital is a really cost-effective way of reaching business owners, and they respond very well to this channel. Yeah, and although most business owners began their search on their main financial provider's website, they ended up coming into the branch to open the new account. So the big question that we had from this is, you know, why do business owners shop the website but then open in the branch, and is that their preferred channel of account opening? Mark, the short answer is no. That's not their preferred channel. Interesting. The branch is not the channel that they tend to go for. They answered that question actually looking for opening their accounts online. This is really the part of the big banking disconnect. Consumers are using digital for interactions and searching for new accounts, yet the branch channel is used most often for opening accounts, even though it's not the most preferred. The reason why that is is opening accounts online is not easily done today. So are financial services organizations adequately addressing these omni-channel frustrations that business owners have? They are addressing it. They're investing heavily in digital channels, but our research shows that there's a lot more work to be done to improve the business owner experience. When we ask business owners their top customer experience priority, the business owner still cited improving the omni-channel experience. Yeah, we heard that over and over again. We uncovered that serious disconnect when improving omni-channel experience. It doesn't even make the top four for customer experience priorities for financial services leaders. So we asked them that same question, and that's not even their top four in terms of things that they are addressing. This is significant because based on our research, we know that business owners begin shopping in one channel and finish in another. One way to address this issue in the short term is to transform your branches and improve them and make that become a more cohesive in-person experience while providers continue to improve their omni-channel experience. Yeah, that's a good point, Jason, because that was very important. The branch was even more important to business owners than we found it was to consumers. So aside from omni-channel working seamlessly, the number two was improving the in-branch experience. The overarching issue, and you heard Jason address this many times, is that from our research, we find a disconnect and priorities between financial service leaders and they're not aligning with business owner priorities. And that's that 360-degree view that we talked about. Not only do you want feedback from financial institutions in terms of what they're working on and what they're prioritizing and doing, but you want to hear it right from the customers, in this case, business owners. And we did find quite a few conflicts or things that were out of alignment. Business owners really want a relationship with their bank. They don't want to work with a provider who doesn't understand their needs. They're looking for someone that really digs in and understands their needs on both the deposit and loan side and brings their data together on their consumer relationship as well as their business relationship. They want a provider that invests in channels that are used most often and to streamline the overall banking experience. Again, omni-channel. 
The key takeaway here is that financial services providers need to break down those data silos across the organization and prove their business customers' omni-channel experience, which will address the top customer experience pain point, both for the business owners that we're talking about today, as well as consumers, which we've looked at in the past. Much like consumers, business owners do expect that great digital, but also in-person experiences. They're pleading for a frictionless experience between all channels, including branch, contact center, online, and mobile. Most of all, they need the experience to be easy and efficient. They don't want to start over each time they change channels within their institution. Easy, efficient, let's add surprising. And of course, I'm talking about the BAI Banking Outlook information that you've presented on business banking. Jason, Mark, thank you so much for being on the podcast today. Thanks a lot, Lou. Thanks, Lou. Jason Mencius is the manager of research at BAI, and Mark Riddle is BAI's director of research and content delivery. You can look for Jason and Mark on LinkedIn. And here are three key takeaways from today's podcast. Number one, net promoter scores are low. Financial services organizations have lower net promoter scores with business customers than consumers. Financial services organizations are simply not doing a sufficient job understanding their business customers' needs. That causes attrition to be about fees and rates. Number two, when it comes to the reasons to choose an organization for their banking relationship, financial services leaders should focus first on understands my business and positive reputation as they don't cost you hard dollars. What's more, larger businesses who are typically more profitable place more importance on these factors. And number three, unfortunately, omnichannel is a miss. Improving the omnichannel experience is the top priority for business owners, but is not on the financial services leader's radar. Business owners want their provider to invest in channels that are used often and to streamline the processes that run the gamut from account opening to the day-to-day banking experience. Forecast plan and budget with near real-time analysis of business deposit growth. Our weekly BAI Business Pulse reports are based on actual customer deposit data. BAI Business Pulse helps you assess external factors on the market and determine the effectiveness of your strategic plans and marketing initiatives relative to your industry peers. With powerful insights, you can quickly see an impact and adjust your strategies as needed. For more information, visit BAI.org research. Welcome to Decision Time, where our podcast guest walks us through a major decision they had to make, how they made it, and how it has impacted their career. Getting the attention of a CFO can be challenging under any circumstances, but imagine that you're applying for your first job out of school and don't have an appointment to see him. Here, BAI's Mark Riddle shares how something as simple as a thank you opened a door that looked all but closed. Listen. Yeah, one of my memories that's lasted with me is actually from a long time ago was the first job that I was applying for out of school. And it was a pretty tough economic climate. And when I applied for the position, I was a finance undergrad. So I applied for a financial analyst job. And the CFO who I was interviewing with told me there were 250 applicants for this position. And it asked me a very difficult question for me to answer, which is, I have 250 applicants and you have no work experience. Why should I hire you 
for this job. And I think after I woke up from passing out from that question <laughs> and mumbled some answers, most of which I don't even recall to this day, but when I left, I realized that I really probably didn't have a very good shot at getting this job, given his question of my work experience and how many applicants there were. I knew I had to make a good impression, so I wrote a good old-fashioned thank you note, and I came in the next day, and it was a 36-floor building, so a big corporate office, and I came up to the receptionist and was stopped. They asked why I was here, and I said, I have a note, mention his name, to protect the innocent, but for Mr. So-and-so, and she asked me, is he expecting you? At the time, it never really occurred to me that you might need an appointment to see someone important like a CFO in a big organization. So quick on my feet, I said, yes. He came down the elevator from the 36th floor to the lobby. I shook his hand, gave him the thank you note, and said, I remember you asked me why I should get this job, and it's because I'm going to work hard for you. and wanted to thank you for the opportunity handed him that thank you note, and I did end up getting the job. So I think what that taught me early in my career is that you have to take chances. You have to try to cut through clutter, sometimes go out on a limb. And that was a good first experience that I had, and I've tried to remember that experience and kind of stay brave in my career choices and things that I'll try that maybe I'm not good at, but I'll at least get out there and try to do it. Thanks again for tuning into our podcast. We hope to have you back with us very soon. Be sure to check out our ever-growing archive of podcasts at BAI.org. Our producer, as always, is James Grady. Be sure to connect with me on LinkedIn. I'm Lou Carloso, the managing editor at BAI. We'll see you soon. So long.